and onion, fish and chips, ham and mustard, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, Harry Styles and One Direction. Some things are just better together. Well, maybe not Harry Styles and One Direction. They are probably better apart. Good morning and welcome to this Sunday morning service from the Vine Community Church. It's great to have you joining us. Today, I want to focus on the concept that some things are better together. But I want to start, before we get into anything, by showing you a little video. A video about a small social experiment about people's first impressions. Polynesian dude with Polynesian hair. My name is Lily and I am 22. I'm Andrew, I'm 18 and I'm a student. My name's Kiv, I'm 23 years old and I'm a Sparky. My name's Priscilla, I'm 25 years old and I work as an audio engineer. Um. <laughs> well, Kevin reminds me a lot of the types of guys that are like really into cars and quite good with their hands. <laughs> I was like, that chick is the type of girl that I would never talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, she looks like she would have been one of the real popular girls at school. Maybe the bully? Well, I think that, you know, he's like real tough. <laughs> Polynesian dude with Polynesian hair. Yeah, just. <laughs> um, he'd be pretty good at maths probably study really hard. His favourite meal would probably be noodles. You know, Indian descent, maybe his parents on the dairy. He's just a regular skinny guy, you know, just a human being. People just have misconceptions about me and they never get to really like really take the time to know who I am. And they just expect me to be like talking like this all the time, clicking my fingers, but that's just not me. The first part of it was very ironic. I was very heavily bullied all through school, just doing my own thing, but wanting to be a part of other people's lives. I'm sorry. <laughs> People tend to be intimidated by me, but if I was to meet someone, as I walk out those doors, the first thing that they'll think is looks. Probably not too bright, you know. People think that I'm quite Indian, in the sense that um, I eat curry every day feel like people do judge me because of my tattoos and piercings and stuff. Judge quite a lot of school for what I wear, like a pink shirt. Um, yeah, we're human. We've got our faults, we've got our flaws. <laughs> it's just human nature, I guess. You, it just happens. Just being honest with someone, I reckon is really important. I think friendship needs some form of, like, openness. Trust is obviously an important part of relationships and friendships because you have to trust your mates and you have to trust your girlfriend or boyfriend. I think respect and acceptance is what humans need in a connected relationship with your friend, with your partner, with your dog. I really like dogs. <laughs> I've had so many friends that when you first become friends, everything is amazing and you're getting all your needs met and vice versa. But then sometimes you just gotta realize that actually everyone is human. Yeah, there's, there's not one relationship where it's perfect. There's always something that either annoys you or makes you either trust them a bit less or think of them in a different way, you know? No, I've definitely obviously never had anyone who's met every need. That's kind of goes beyond the realm of one single person, I guess. 
even a group of people couldn't meet all your needs. I am Christian, so I see Jesus as maybe because he's not a person on earth right now, he is one person who I can always trust. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Personally, my relationship with God is um, very one-on-one. -on -one. It's very personal. From how people go to church and stuff, like that's, that's not me. I find deeper meaning in a personal relationship that I've developed within myself. I think there's a huge difference between personal relationship with Jesus and Christianity. Religion is what man has made. I think people see religion as like, it's like almost like a school, like a strict, there's always these rules. You still get to be you, but now you've got somebody who you can really trust and put your faith in. You can just have this closed door in your life and you can't really figure out a way to open it up to anyone or anything. So for me, it was more of a question of like, who do I look to who's already looking back at me and is already accepting and loving me for who I am without having to change anything? Each of us have our misconceptions and have made wrong judgments about others. Maybe it's time we all revisit our misconceptions about God as well. You know, it's interesting how our first impressions and misconceptions can prevent us being together, being part of a great relationship. I think it's human nature, but we can miss out on so much when we fail to go into a relationship with people and with God because we've prejudged. I believe we all need a relationship with God and I believe we need a relationship with each other. We've spent the last few weeks looking at the events leading up to and those that happened over Easter. We've looked at the amazing sacrifice that Jesus made willingly on that cross, just so that we can have, you and I, can have a relationship with him, with God, freely, with no bounds. You know, if you don't know Jesus as a friend, if you don't know God, then maybe it's time you revisited your misconceptions. Why not have a look at www.lookingforgod.com? See what it's got to say. See whether it applies to you. We're going to move into a time of worship now. If you're a visitor, I do hope you'll stay with us. But for now, let's worship. If you can, it might sound a bit silly, but stand up. It's good to stand as we worship our God. lives are not only made up of a personal journey with God, but with interpersonal relationships formed with other human beings. God designed us from the very beginning to be social creatures. He knew that we would need relationships and that we'd need intimacy with others to be fully functional in this world that he created us to live in. You know, not only is that true of us individually, 
but it's true of us as a church as a whole. We're not only created for a relationship, but we're better off because of our relationships. God created us to live in relationship with each other. Back in Genesis, it tells us, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. You know, he didn't do that just for companionship. He didn't do that just so we'd got somebody to talk to or cuddle up to. But he did that because he knew that relationships between individuals were beneficial. Proverbs tells us, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Have a look at this. It begins with openness, the willingness to come alongside someone else, to pour out, care, invest. It's about sharing the journey, doing life together, growing, forging, becoming. It's about selflessness, caring enough to walk through the valley even when it's painful. To love people as Christ has loved us. It's rejoicing when they rejoice, hurting when they hurt, being a hand, an encourager, a friend. We were not created to wander alone. For as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The same verse, Proverbs 27, 17, in the message version says, you use steel to sharpen steel and one friend sharpens another. And, you know, it's been great recently to look at some of the interactions on our Facebook Messenger group where people are encouraging, challenging, prompting each other. This is steel sharpening in action. If you're not part of that group and you're on Facebook, I, I, please join. We more than happily accept you. It's been good to have air, people together that want to discuss and want to live life together. It's through our relationships we benefit each other. And I want to focus on a particular passage, and that's a passage in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12, that says this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You know, we're better off together because it lets us accomplish so much more. In the passage 
immediately before that we've just read. The writer of the text is talking about how life is filled with greedy people. You know, the sort of people that buy all the toilet rolls from Tesco. He talks about how people toil and labour for their own gain, but don't care about other people around them. That kind of mindset is frustrating. It frustrates us to work selfishly. We're called to do the opposite. We're called to look out for each other. And in this time of COVID-19 and, and people being in isolation, never has this been more apparent. Never has there been a time where the selfishness of some becomes so visible, but also the selflessness of others, the kind, caring, compassionate nature that people bring to situations also becomes highlighted in the world. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. It's encouraging to work alongside a friend. We get energy and support in our friendship. That's what fellowship in the church is partially about. It is in the striving together that we see the value in our relationships. Have you ever tried to do a job alone that really requires more than one person? IKEA instructions are brilliant. IKEA makes it really clear, as you can see, when more than one person is required to do the job. But being a man, like a lot of other people, I guess, I've tried to build the IKEA wardrobe that says it needs two to three people on my own. And you know, it's frustrating. You feel overwhelmed. You feel as if you're not going to succeed. And sometimes you can't alone. You know, too often in life, we take that individualistic mindset. We have an idea that we need to accomplish things on our own and not seek help, either help from each other or help from God. The problem is, when we operate that way, we get burned out, overwhelmed and frustrated. You know, we need the help of each other to accomplish things. And in our lives, we also need the help from God. The IKEA instructions, again, tell us that if we get frustrated and we really don't know what to do, call head office. Wow, there's a bit of learning for the Christian community. There's a bit of learning for all mankind. When we're stuck and we don't know what to do, call head office, pray. Speak to God. It's not a formal thing. It's not a hands together, eyes closed, all that helps so, though that helps some. There's no set words. Although the Lord's Prayer is brilliant if you don't know what to pray. But sometimes we just need to cry out in help, for help. We just need to say, God, I'm stuck. Help me. That's probably the most powerful prayer ever. You know, we're designed to need each other. We're designed to need God and each other. Whether we recognise it or not. We need that relationship in our lives. When we don't have that relationship, that's when we become unhealthy individuals. Ecclesiastes 4 puts it, If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. 
But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Relationships are designed to strengthen us. I pity those people in the community around us that don't have those relationships. Now I know some relationships are really energy giving. There's some people I love being in the room with. And some relationships take our energy. But we need a clear understanding. We need to recognise that no matter what that style of relationship is, we're called to be vulnerable in our relationships with each other. It's that vulnerability and that investment that makes them healthy. And every relationship benefits both parties. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how much energy you have to expend into it. Iron sharpens iron. Steel is used to sharpen steel. Friends sharpen each other. You know, Jesus had some amazing friends. He had brilliant relationships. He had people around him who he loved and cared for and poured life into. But scripture tells us also that he used those friends to support him in his most difficult times. Matthew 26, just part before the Easter story, tells us, that Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He was vulnerable with his friends. The Gospels talk about the disciples that Jesus loved. At the major event in Jesus' life, we see him taking those disciples, all of these disciples, but in particular, Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. He takes them with him in his most vulnerable hour and he opens up to them about his fears and his heart desire. Those three had a special relationship with Jesus at his most trying time. He called on them for support. Strange. If the Son of God can call on fellow men for support, why do we find that so hard? The church was designed to mirror that example. It was designed to be a support for one another. If we read about the early church in Acts 2, we read about how they worked and lived together. This is from the message version. And it says, And all the believers lived in wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's needs was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their numbers grew as God added those who were saved. You know, clearly the lockdown means that there are some physical barriers to us meeting together. 
to serving each other in that physical way. And, and I'll be honest, if anyone's thinking of selling everything and coming to live with the Pepper family, you probably ought to reconsider that. But the principle of supporting each other, of meeting each other's needs, is sound. And it's right at the heart of the church and of Scripture. It's part of Jesus' will for us. Scripture tells us to work to build one another up. It tells us in Hebrews we should consider how to encourage each other, to show love and to do good things. We're called to protect one another. And that's part of the role of a relationship. Back in Ecclesiastes, it says, on a cold night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth from one, each other. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You know, the strength in numbers, that's another way of putting it. You know, when I walk the dog in the winter, there's some places I'm comfortable walking alone, but I know that Alice or Andrew wouldn't be. But if we walk together, everybody feels safer. Everybody feels comfortable. It's no different in our walk through life. Coming alongside each other and supporting each other brings safety. It brings a physical protection. It brings an emotional and a spiritual protection. And sometimes that's at a cost to us. Sometimes we have to willingly put part of us, ourselves at risk in order to help others. You know, if somebody broke into my house when we were sleeping, if I was laying next to Jen, I would get up and I would go downstairs and find out what was happening. Well, in early marriage I would. Now I'd send Jen. I don't mean that. Sometimes we have to put ourselves on the line. Jesus put it this way. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. Part of the role of Christians is protecting each other, not physically, but morally. Helping each other in the difficult parts of our walk through life. Galatians will talk about catching people in sin and coming alongside of them to help them get out of it and be restored, doing that in a gentle way. We put it in different terms now. We call it accountability. We need to have people in our lives who can ask us the hard questions. We need people who will point out our areas of weakness and give us honest feedback and input into our lives. Input that we need to grow, to mature. Remember, iron sharpens iron. And the community of God's church is not an insular one. We not only look after each other, but we also look after and serve those around us in our community. Back in Acts, again talking about the early church, it was recognised that the early church was failing some of the people around them. There was an argument brought by, by one group of, of Jews against another group of Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Food delivered by that early church. So the 12 main apostles gathered together. They gathered the disciples and said, 
Brothers and sisters, choose seven from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn that responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now just catch that. They took people that were the best of the best, people strong in wisdom, that knew the Spirit of God, and they used them to serve the community in practical ways. These are people that could have easily been planting churches, standing here delivering messages, running things far better than I could ever do. But they took them and aligned them to distributing things into the community as a practical example of the love of God. You know, we should do the same. Every member of the body in this church plays a role in supporting both each other and the community. God gave individuals in this church special gifts, both to help the church, to help it function, but also to support one another and the community. He gave us apostles, he gave us prophets, he gave us some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and some to be teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. But you know, he also gave us people to work in the community as artists, people to work in the community as counsellors, people just to be friendly, people to sit and or uh, phone and have a conversation with people that are lonely. This is a great time to put our gifts into the wider community. You know, as an organisation working with the other church and a few others, we've got over 160 volunteers helping in the response to COVID-19, using the skills and the expertise that we, the church, have amongst us. We're using that to empower others. We're making a significant impact. And, you know, everybody knows it's headed up by the church by this church and the others in the village. Penny Green from the Anglican Church is doing a sterling job of being the figurehead for that. But how about we do the same with our other skills, with the skills that God's given us? So I want to ask, are you a writer? Could you write something we could publish to support people, to support them practically or in their mental health? Or even to draw people to God. Are you an artist? Are you able to paint something? Are you able to inspire? I've never seen so many rainbows around the village. On houses, on stones, in windows. And you know rainbows are a symbol of the promise of God to do well by his people. Has God given you a fantastic listening ear? Who could you support? Who could you have talked to you? Are you a teacher? Can you input into the lives of the young people in the community? There's some fantastic resources that, that are hitting the internet by churches to help parents at home, not only in acts of collective worship, but also in just general teaching. I tell you what, you do that and parents will love you. They're great roads in to show the practical help of the church. But better still, roads in to show the love of God. Are you a prayer? Could you be on your knees interceding for this community, interceding for the health workers, praying for, for, for safety and protection, praying for recovery for those that are sick? Is that your calling? 
all of these skills and far more. When poured into the melting pot that is the church, help us to come together both as believers to support each other and as a wider community. You know, as Christians, as humans, we're in the greatest danger when we are isolated. And as Christians and as the church, we're the greatest witness when we work together, when we are together. John tells us this, and this is the words of Jesus. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. You see, we're better together. We can accomplish more than we could ever dream or imagine when we stand alongside one another and build one another up. So I've got a question for you. Today, will you commit to live a life in honest relationship with God and with others? Will you seek out honest relationships to encourage them and you, to strengthen them and you, to provide protection to them and you, to serve the needs of others in full knowledge that iron sharpens iron and you carry God's delegated authority to go into this world and serve. This is your mission field, the community around you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for everybody in this church, everybody watching this, this video. We thank you that you've given each of us gifts and talents and placed us in positions where we can be your light in this world. So I pray, Lord, for good relationship between each other. I pray for good relationship between your churches. And I pray most of all that we can take your love into this world and we can support and nourish the people around us. But most of all, I pray we can take your good news, that you are alive and that you love each and every person, that you died on that cross for them so that they could know you. Let us take that message into the world. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray a blessing that God's face shines upon you, that he goes before you, beside you and behind you in everything and everywhere you go. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be blessed. Amen. Every Sunday night we join together to pray on Zoom. Um, that's not just Christians from the Vine, but also from other churches in the locality. Uh, we come together with one heart, just to bring some of the situations that we find around us in front of God. If you've not been to one of those sessions, they're not quite as scary as it sounds. Come and join us. We meet at 7 o'clock on a Sunday evening. If you want to know details, please have a look at the webpage or give us a call. On Wednesdays, we meet for our midweek group. We're following some amazing teaching by Dr. Andy Stanley on about what it means to be Christian, popping some of the misconceptions, learning what we're called to be as believers. 
It would be great to have you come along. If you've missed the first sessions, that doesn't matter. You can pick this up at any point. If you'd like to do that, we meet on Zoom at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. Contact us for details. Thank you.